I'm getting there. Morning. Just, you're going to have to calm down. Morning. How's everybody doing? Joni Erickson was born in 1949 in Baltimore, Maryland. Her father participated in the 1932 Summer Olympics as an alternate for the United States wrestling team and was honored as a distinguished member of the National Wrestling Hall of Fame and Museum. Joni lived a very active life through her growing up years, enjoying riding horses and hiking and tennis and swimming. On July 30, 1967, at the age of 17, she dove into the Chesapeake Bay after misjudging the shallowness of the water. She suffered, suffered a fracture between the fourth and fifth vertebrae, becoming a quadriplegic. During two years of rehabilitation, she experienced anger, depression, suicidal thoughts, and religious doubts. And yet during her occupational therapy, she learned to paint by putting a brush in her mouth. You could go look at some of her paintings, her drawings, they're fascinating. She's written over 40 books, recorded several musical albums, and starred in an autobiographical movie of her life, and is an advocate for people with disabilities. She had to come to terms with God's providence. The life she had designed is not the life she necessarily ended up with. And even though through her circumstance, God continued to move in her life. I, I don't know of anybody personally who has suffered the same kind of accident, but I know many of you have experienced other circumstances in life that are just as painful. All circumstances can have pain associated with those. Maybe some of your circumstances have to do with physical ailments, maybe a relationship gone bad, maybe parents who were not supportive, maybe parents who were abusive, maybe some financial mistakes, maybe the loss of a loved one, maybe your circumstances are struggling spiritually, you're wondering, where am I going to spend eternity, and does God love me, and does God even see, and get, does God see my suffering? In the midst of our circumstances, we seem to find ourselves asking, why? Why? Why me? Why did this happen to me? Why do I have to go through this? And we find ourselves wrestling with God. How do you respond to the circumstances of life? Because they seem so heavy at times. When life throws you a curveball, when life doesn't go as planned, when the struggles and hurts and setbacks come, how do you respond to the circumstances of life? I love this quote by Booker T. Washington. The circumstances that surround a man's life are not important. Mm, I don't even want to stop there. How that man responds to those circumstances is important. His response is the ultimate determining factor between success and failure. So today I want to give you another perspective. Not how you look at your circumstances, but how God looks at your circumstances. And to do that, we're going to be in Romans chapter 8. Here's what Paul writes. He says, I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. Not worth comparing. Almost sounds a little insensitive. What do you mean they're not worth comparing? Are, are, are you making light of my circumstances? 
No, I think he's trying to give us a different perspective. He wants us to see God's perspective on our circumstances. And when you consider how long you're going to live in eternity without that suffering, then the problem we're carrying now is really just small and temporary. It's not worth comparing. Whatever your circumstances right now, they're, they're temporary. They're not worth comparing to eternity. Here's what Paul writes in 2 Corinthians. He says, Our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. Another translation, our light and distressing circumstances. And yet in the moment, it doesn't seem like momentary troubles. It seems huge and it seems painful. Paul goes on to write this in Romans 8. He says, The Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit Himself intercedes for us. The Spirit intercedes for the saints in accordance with God's will. Weakness. The Spirit helps us in our weakness. That can be translated sickness, feebleness, suffering, distress, imperfection, calamity, misfortune, catastrophe. In other words, the circumstances of life. How do you respond to the circumstances of life? Paul says, I want you to know God hasn't left you alone. God hasn't left us alone. In our weakness, the Spirit of God intercedes for us. In our circumstances, God's Spirit is right alongside. And yet one of the problems with the circumstances of life is they often cause us to lose focus. All we manage to see is what is in the moment. And sometimes we lose focus. And Paul in Romans 8, he's just trying to help us refocus trying to realign us. I don't know if you've ever had a vehicle that was out of a line. Maybe you've never heard that phrase. You're driving down the road and it either pulls to the right or pulls to the left. It needs to be realigned. Why? Well, because of the general wear and tear on a vehicle from road hazards, from bumps and rocks and holes and dips and driving, all of those, your vehicle needs to be realigned. And it's the same way with us in life. That happens from general wear and tear from life hazards. The bumps and the bruises and the wear and tear of life cause us... We we just sometimes need to be realigned. Sometimes we need to refocus. And that's what Paul's doing here in Romans 8. Here's Here's what he says. He says, and we know that in all things God works. For the good of those who love Him, who've been called according to His purpose... For those God foreknew, He also predestined to be conformed to the likeness of His Son. And those He predestined, He also called. And those He called, He also justified. And those He justified, He also glorified. That's a promise from God. Paul says, we know. We know. Thirteen times in the book of Romans, he says, we know. We know. And that is translated absolute, unshakable confidence. We know. We have absolute, unshakable confidence We know, but sometimes we forget. We need to be realigned and we need to be refocused. What do we know? We know that God works. 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 We know that God God causes all things to work together. Maybe you need that reminder today. Maybe you need that realignment today. Maybe you need to hear that God is working in your life today. Do you know that God's working in your life today? I mean, could you, could you say that? Do you feel that? In the midst of your circumstances, in the midst of your health condition or your relationship or your financial situation or a job situation, in the midst of whatever circumstance that's making your focus go somewhere else, 
when the circumstances of life comes, we need to realign ourselves with these verses. I mean, pull these verses off the page. Make them more than just words on a page. Put these into your brain. Put these into your life. And notice where Paul puts the emphasis. The emphasis is not on our circumstances. The emphasis is on God. We know that God. We know that God. It's not the circumstances. We know that God. He says, we know that God... I love the American Standard Version. We know that in all things, God causes... God causes. Hmm. In the midst of our circumstances, God causes. In the midst of our sufferings, God causes. Our sufferings, again, are not about us. God is using our sufferings in our circumstances. God is using our circumstances to work and to cause. God is committed to molding us, and He's not going to quit. And He's going to use our circumstances and our suffering and our persecution for his purpose i love what we read in jeremiah this is the word that came to jeremiah from the lord people of israel don't i have the right to do with you as the potter molds the clay like clay in the hand of the potter so you are in my hand doesn't god have the right doesn't god have it's a rhetorical question you want us well sure i absolutely god i mean you're god but in the midst of that we're like i'm not sure i'm not sure god has the right i struggle with god having the right And so God wants us to know, don't I have the right to mold you, to make you what I want you to be? And that's what God is doing. He is molding us. It's a painful thing to be molded. A painful thing to be changed. It's a painful thing to be realigned. But again, God has a purpose. And He uses those circumstances. I love this quote by Oswald Chambers. God speaks in the language you know best. Not through your ears, but through your circumstances. Mm. We know that God causes. There's going to be some bad things in your life. There's going to be some sufferings in your life. There's going to be some frustrations and setbacks and hurts and scars and pain. And there are going to be some circumstances of life that God says, let me use those. Let me use those because I'm molding you. I'm changing you. Here's what we read. He's changing us to be conformed to the likeness. Of, let me, God says, let me use the circumstances of your life, whatever you're going through, because I'm going to mold you. Don't I have the right to mold you? I'm going to mold you to be conformed to the likeness of my son. I want you to look more like Jesus today than you did yesterday, and I'm going to use those circumstances. Here's what he says in 2 Corinthians. Paul's still writing. He says, and we who with unveiled faces all reflect the Lord's glory are being transformed into His likeness. God's number one purpose for your life, God's number one purpose for our lives is not for us to make a lot of money. It's not for us to be happy. It's not for us to have perfect health. He's trying to transform us into the likeness of His Son. And sometimes we're like, well, I don't like the way He does it. I don't like the circumstances I'm going through. God molds us through difficulties and trials and pains and pressures and frustrations. He uses all of those things. And God never wastes a circumstance. He's like, let me, let me use that. Let me use that to mold you. Don't, don't I have the right to mold you? We keep reading in Romans 8. He says, so what do we say in response to all this? 
What do we say in response to God shaping us, molding us, working, using the circumstances? If, if God is for us, who can be against us? He goes on at the end of chapter 8, and all these things were more than conquerors. You might not feel like a conquer, conqueror. You may feel like, Richie, do you not see the circumstances of my life? I'm anything but a conqueror. I'm convinced neither death nor life, angels, demons, present, future, powers, height, depth, or anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And I know personally, and I'm guessing that probably for you, no matter how many times you read these verses to be refocused and realigned, your response is still the same. You know, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just not seeing this. I could give you a list of circumstances in my life, and I'm like, I'm just, I'm not seeing this. And Paul says, we know. Yeah, God, I, I know, but I'm just not seeing this. For many of you, your life has been altered. It's not what you had planned. Again, but you didn't plan for the health problems and the relationship problems and the financial problems. And you, you didn't plan for your parents to split up. And you didn't plan for caring for aging parents. And you didn't plan for your friend to move away. And you're angry and you're upset and you're bitter and you can't move on. And you're like, I just, I'm not seeing this. So I want to illustrate this. I want to illustrate Romans 8. And to do that, I want to go all the way back to the first book in the Bible. I want to go back to Genesis. And I want to use a young man who was a teenager at the time. And I want to show you what a teenager went through to illustrate Romans 8. Sometimes you just have to show me that God works. Sometimes I just have to see. Sometimes I just need to be reminded because I'm not seeing it. And sometimes I need a friend to say, Richie, do you not see how God... Okay, okay, I see that now. So I want you to see in Romans, from Romans 8. So this is from the life of a teenager, Joseph, a young man of 17. He was tending the flocks with his brothers. Now his dad loved Joseph more than any of his other sons. And he made a richly ornamented robe for him. And when his brothers saw that their father loved him more than any of them, they hated him. And they couldn't speak a kind word to him. And some of y'all may have brothers and sisters, and you're like, well, I relate with that part. I see that. But I want you to see that we know that in all things God works. So... Jacob has 12 sons, and he loves Joseph more than any of the others, and the others knew that. That's why they hated him, and he had some dreams, and he shared his dreams, and they hated him. I want to read you, I pulled some phrases out of Scripture, Genesis 37 to 50, to illustrate how, what Joseph is going through. They plotted to kill him. Let's kill him and throw him into one of these cisterns. Let's say that a ferocious animal devoured him. They stripped him of his robe. They threw him into the cistern. Let's sell him to the Ishmaelites. They slaughtered a goat and dipped the robe in the blood. They took the robe back to their father. Meanwhile, the Midianites sold Joseph in Egypt to Potiphar. Joseph's master put him in prison. And then he ended up being in charge of the whole land of Israel. And you're reading those things, and you have to ask, was his life peachy keen? Absolutely not. Was everything working out the way he would want it to work out? Absolutely not. Does he live in an ideal world where everything's great? Absolutely not. I wouldn't want that life, and yet some of y'all may. There's bits and pieces of his life. You're like, I can relate to that. I understand that. I know what he was going through. He was forgotten by, by his brothers, but he was never forgotten by God because we know 
We know that in all things, God works. In the midst of his circumstances, God didn't forget about Joseph. So let me go back to his. You're going to have to read Genesis 37 to 50. There's about 13 chapters there, and you can pick up this story. So his brothers are clueless about Joseph and his circumstances. They, they think he's dead. They sold him. He's gone. He's nowhere to be found. But the brothers know there's a famine in the land, but they don't know anything about Joseph. All they know is they need some grain and they need some food. And they heard about this prime minister, this guy that was in charge in Egypt, and he had some grain. So they came to Egypt to get food, and Joseph, the brother, they sold. They hated. They wanted to kill. Joseph, the brother, saved their lives. Here's what Scripture says. Joseph told his brothers... Don't be distressed and do not be angry with yourselves for selling me here. Listen, that whole deal about you selling me, just don't worry about it. If you were one of the brothers, you'd be thinking, as they did, "Mm, what's he up to? What's he going to do? Because it was to save lives that God sent me ahead of you. Because we know that in all things, God works. We know that in all things, God works. God was causing all things to work together. Joseph looked back on his life. Here's 45.7. God sent me ahead of you to save your lives by a great deliverance. So then, it was not you who sent me here. They sold him. It wasn't them. They sold him. And he said, no, it wasn't you. It was God who sent me here. For 15 years, it looked like God wasn't doing anything. For 15 years, it looked like God didn't do anything for Joseph. Joseph could have said so many different things. He could have said, you know, based on my circumstances, God just, he must not love me. I mean, why would God let these things happen to me? If God loved me, these things wouldn't happen. If God loved me, he'd change my circumstances. I guess I don't have enough faith. I guess I'm just not praying enough. I guess I haven't been making enough sacrifices. God must not love me. No, that's not what Joseph said. In fact, we read in Scripture, the Lord was with Joseph. Through all of those things we just listed, the Lord was with Joseph. And I want to ask, are are you kidding me? In the midst of all those circumstances, Scripture's going to say the Lord was with Joseph and gave him success in whatever he did. They sold him. He was a slave. They sold him. He was accused. He was in prison. Mm. Mm. Here's what Joseph told his brothers in Genesis 50. You intended to harm me. But God intended it all for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. Wow. J- Joseph Joseph is Romans 8. We know that in all things God works. Well, what does that look like? Well, here's what it looked like in the life of Joseph. You're like, why? Can it look like something different in my life? Can it look like a bunch of good stuff? Because he went through a lot of bad stuff. Can, I prefer the good stuff. No, we know that in all things. Good stuff, bad stuff, painful stuff. We know that in all things. Listen, I know you have unfair circumstances. I know you've been treated unfairly. I know you have scars and pain. I know you feel like life has thrown you an unfair blow and you may be carrying a chip on your shoulder and you may be mad at God today because of the circumstances of your life. Here's what Joni Erickson Tata writes. God's more concerned with conforming me to the likeness of His Son than leaving me in my comfort zones. 
God's more interested in inward qualities and outward circumstances. Things like refining my faith, humbling my heart, cleaning up my thought life, and strengthening my character. She writes elsewhere, God has engineered my circumstances. He used them to prove Himself as well as my loyalty. My injury was not a tragedy, but a gift God was using. Wow. To help me conform to the image of Christ. And we know that in all things, God works. Hindsight is really a blessing. In the moment, you're like, really? We know that in all things, God works. I'm going to do one more story. I lived in Weatherford, Oklahoma, outside of going to college at Oklahoma Christian. I lived in Weatherford, Oklahoma. I'm sure I've shared this story with you for about 36 years, and through a variety of circumstances that were not pleasant, um, we moved to East Texas. We came here from East Texas. We spent 19 years in East Texas. And so I was the youngest of five. I was a mama's boy. I was mom's favorite. She had nothing else to choose from. Um, <laughs> and through some very painful circumstances, we moved. And people said, Richie, this is what's best. And I'm like, that's hogwash because... I was the one in pain and hurting, and we moved to East Texas, and I didn't want to go, and we left college ministry, and I loved college ministry, and we had 14 years of college ministry, and I wasn't sure I wanted to preach, but I had to get out of a circumstance in my life, and I was angry and bitter and upset. I'm like, why would God do this to me? I was flat mad. Hindsight is twenty twenty vision, and I can see how God was not just using me for His glory, but God was refining me because my thoughts weren't good, and my direction wasn't good, and what I was thinking wasn't good. And we know that in all things, in all things, God works. Listen, church, I didn't want to move here. I'm just going to be transparent. I hate moving. I hate moving. If you told me I was moving from one house right next door to the next house, I hate moving. You got to pack up, you got to move, you got to adjust. But God has been moving me my entire life because we know that in all things, God works. And I don't know the reason other than He's conforming me to the life of His Son. And sometimes it's painful. And sometimes you go through loss. Sometimes you go through separation. I want you to pull this verse out of the Bible into your life. And we know that in all things God works. They asked about 20 theologians if you were stranded on an island and you could have one chapter out of the Bible, what chapter would you pick? And half of them said Romans 8. If all we had was one chapter, it's Romans 8. Just give me Romans 8. Just give me Romans 8. 
And there's a section in Romans 8 we didn't spend a whole lot of time on about sufferings and groans and the stuff we go through. Why do we have to do that? Because we know that in all things, God works according to His purpose. So I don't know what you're going through. If you've been crushed, I want Romans 8, 28 to come off the page. If you're suffering, if you've been thrown a curveball, if you feel ripped off in life, if you're bitter, if you feel like giving up, listen, here's what I want you to know today, and here's what we're going to sing today. God is so good. God is so good. He's so good. In the midst of good, in the midst of bad, in the midst of circumstances, in the midst of suffering, God is so good. Pull these verses off the page. Put them into your life because we know, we know that in all things, God works.